0: <laughs> and laughs Theater of the Mind The best love programs from radio's golden age Only on Zoomer Radio Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor
1: Well, thank you, and welcome to the show Tonight, one of my favorite performers, Red Skelton, kicks off the show we all know Red was one of the finest comedians ever to grace a stage, but did you know that he was a famous artist as well? Skeleton's artwork of clowns remained a hobby until 1964 when his wife, Georgia, convinced him to have a showing of his work at the Sands Hotel in Las Vegas, where he was performing there. Sales of his originals were successful, and Skelton also sold prints and lithographs of them, earning $2.5 million yearly on lithograph sales. At the time of his death, his art dealer believed that Skelton had earned more money through his paintings than from his television work. Here's Red in a show first aired in 1948.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, this is Red Skelton. In response to requests from millions of people, I'm sorry we say no. We present the program anyway.
3: Procter Gamble brings you the Red Skelton Show, starring Red Skelton, Dave Rose, and his orchestra, our singing stars, the Four Knights, Verna Felton, Lorraine Tuttle, Pat McGee, and, and yours truly, Rod O'Connor. <laughs> yes, it's the Red Skelton Show, brought to you by Tide, Procter Gamble's amazing new discovery for your whole family wash. <laughs> from metro golden Mayor, the star of our show, Red Skelton.
2: Thank you very much and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How are you tonight, O'Connor?
3: Fine, Skelton. Uh, say, where you've been hiding all week? What's the matter? Did the West Coast gas shortage keep you in? No, when I couldn't get any gas, I just filled my tank with lighter fluid.
2: <laughs> Did your car run? No, but it made the prettiest blue flame
4: <laughs> Well,
3: look, what are you going to do this coming week?
2: Well, I'm flying to Washington, D.C. tonight I've been asked to entertain before a Secretary of State General Marshall uh, For the Humanitarian Award, and I was asked to be there Why?
3: Oh, some of the old gang thought it would be fun to take a hike up into the mountains And have a... Isn't it
2: subtle the way I said that? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: I have a civilian bivouac. Uh, do you have a sleeping bag? Yeah. Well, you want it? <laughs> I think it's a sleeping bag. I bought it at an army
2: surplus store. I think it's one of those cases they carry shallows in.
4: <laughs>
3: sorry I said that, brother. <laughs> well, what do you mean, Mr. Bones? <laughs> you know, I sure have a dull part tonight. I <laughs> What do you
2: mean? I think the writers have captured your air personality for the first time.
3: Yeah, well, let's get back to the sleeping bag.
4: <laughs> let's bring the
3: words closer together, old boy. You're proud of that, ain't you? Yeah.
2: Now, don't go get mad. I'm not mad. Why, well, I love you like Truman loves Congress.
3: <laughs> well, what do you know about sleeping bags? Would
2: well, you ever try to get into one of those things? Boy, they're, they're awful. It's like trying to put your pants on in an upper berth.
4: You know? <laughs> No
2: kidding, I went camping last summer. And you, and you get into this thing, see, and you zip yourself up. And guess you start to doze off. One of the kids says, hey, pop, I'm called. Well, <laughs> so you get up and you give them your blanket and you crawl back in a zipper bag and you zip it up again. And you're laying there watching the mosquitoes prepare your nose for surgery.
4: <laughs> Don't go
2: away. I may want to read
4: the script again. <laughs> Anyhow, you know,
2: You doze off do, to sleep again, and just then your wife says, "Hey, honey, I think somebody's ramsacking the car."
3: <laughs> well, then what do you do? Try to convince her it's just uh, some used car dealer's talent scout looking it over. No, well, no, you sure how brave you are, and you grope around for the flashlight, see? Mm-hmm. Finally, when you
2: find it, the kid's been playing with it all day, and the battery's so weak you have to light a match to see if the bulb. <laughs> Now, you start for the car, see, and you sneak over real, and you don't want to wake up the other campers. Mm. So, very quietly, you say, Who's
4: there? <laughs>
3: well, who was there?
2: Nobody but a nice, friendly 500 pound bear.
3: You mean you came face to face
4: with a bear?
2: No, he followed me. <laughs>
3: I'm surprised at you. I heard those bears up in the national parks are so tame to eat off your hands. Yeah,
2: I got news for you, bub. They like arms and legs, too.
4: (laughs) Tide's in.
5: Dirt's out. Tide gets clothes cleaner than any soap.
3: Any soap?
5: Yes, any soap.
2: Uh, Simmer down there, sister. Simmer down. You're covering a lot of ground there. I was over to my Uncle Cal Caito Hopper's general store, and they really got a mess of different kinds of soap there and a lot of them are new sudzers,
3: too. Well, uh, Clem, Tide gets closed cleaner than any known wash day product, soap or sudzer, new or old. Oh. Nothing you can buy will get your family wash as clean as Procter and Gamble's tide. Oh, I see. notice I said family wash. <laughs> that includes everything your heavy work clothes, as well as your best linens and prints. Tide leaves them all free from dirt, and Tide removes dingy soap film, too. Yet with all this amazing cleaning power this takes, Tide is safe, truly safe for all your washable colors. What's more, Tide actually brightens those soap dull colors. As for white things, in hardest water, Tide gets them whiter than any other washing product known. Tide keeps them white, too, week after week. Never turns them yellow. When you're using Tide, you're using the only wash day product known that gives all this the cleanest, brightest, whitest wash you ever hung on the line.
5: All right, now,
2: kiddies, gather around the radio and we get some old foot patting music going. The four nights are here, and what are you going to sing,
6: boys? A little song. Bye bye. Brother Bill. Oh, me Brother Bill went hunting up in the woods of the eastern Maine. Now, the reason why we went up there, well, we thought we could catch some game. As Dean Brother Bill walked hunting way over in the middle of the night, we shot at something back of a grizzly bear, but the dog won't think turn white. So I dropped that gun, Drop that gun. and away I run. And away I run. Brother Bill said, boy, what's the matter with you? I had an known like me, You would run some too. I run so fast, they say, they couldn't catch me all day. The way I run across that field, they couldn't catch me with an automobile. Brother Bill got so excited that he took a shot at me. That bullet whistled past my ears, zing, hit a tree. I run until I was exhausted. My feet were dragging the ground. Come on, big feet, don't fail me now. Oh, drop that gun, and away I run. Brother Bill said, boy, what's the matter with you? Had an old night be run some too, I run so fast they say they couldn't catch me all day, the way I run across that field, they couldn't catch me with an automobile Well, I ran right past my house, but I didn't have time to knock, and I ran right past a big dice game I didn't even have time to stop and I ran right by a gin mill and I stopped to get a shot of gin but I didn't have a dime to pay for it so I had to start running again oh, I that gun, I that gun, and away I run, and away I run Brother Bill said
3: Boy, what's the matter with you? And don't
6: like me run something, yeah. I run so fast, they say. They couldn't catch me all day. No. The way I run across that field, they couldn't catch me with an automobile.
7: People you'll meet sooner or later. Break it, away, you
2: break it. Away. <laughs> Have you ever sold something that was dear to you just because someone told you that you should for your own good? Well, I knew an old cowboy like that once called Deadeye. He sold something he wanted. You will, too, sooner or later.
4: Whoa. Whoa. Oh, on, horse boy.
2: You don't... Oh, boy, I ain't going to give you no more of them home permanents, and then we won't look like twins anymore.
4: Now, come on
2: in. Whoa. All right, all right, all right. So you threw me. Now stop prancing around like gorgeous George, please. Come on over here, you no-good critter. I'll teach you a...
8: Hey, you saddle bum. Don't yell at your horse like that. Let me give you a tip. We don't mistreat a horse in these
4: parts.
2: Why a bothering you, ma'am?
8: <laughs> Say, don't I know you from somewhere? I never forget a face.
2: Uh, you should have forgotten the one you're wearing, i okay?
8: <laughs> Let me see that horse. I know that horse. I've got it you dead eye.
2: The horse is a dead giveaway. Well, he's a giveaway, but he ain't dead, is
8: he? <laughs> Deadeye. Don't you remember me? Well, now,
2: I've seen that shape somewhere. Now, could it have been, uh... No, no. That was tied to the pier in Frisco.
4: <laughs>
2: you look like something like old vulture bait Kate. That's me. Well, Katie, old gal, it's good to see you again.
8: Well, it's good to see you too, dead yeah. eye. I ain't seen you for a year and a day. What you been doing? A year and a day. Come back here! Well,
2: why shouldn't I come back here? When well, hmm? you did
8: disappear after the big bank robbery?
2: Oh, now the folks in these parts don't think I robbed a bank,
8: do they? Well, your horse was in front of the bank, and there was a big explosion, yeah. and you come running out with a big bag of money and rode away.
2: Yeah, it does look suspicious, don't it?
8: <laughs>
2: but everybody knows I ain't no bandit. Why I only did that for a joke?
8: And why didn't you return the money?
2: Because I ain't got no sense of humor. <laughs> Katie, it's, it, you ain't going to turn me in, are
8: you? No, I reckon not, because I still like your did I? Oh. But let me give you a tip. If What's you don't that? want nobody to know you're around, you get rid of that nag. Yeah. Why, well, I recognize your horse before I recognized you.
2: Yeah, it's a good idea, but uh, tell me, will you be waiting here till I get back?
8: I sure will, lover boy. <laughs> well,
2: let's not get sickening about this. <laughs> I'll see you later, clapper girl. No. Come on, <laughs> Let's go over and see the Honest engine, the used horse dealer. Hey, partner, where will I find the Honest engine? You're
7: speaking to him, Toothless. What do you want to see me about? Well, I got
2: a horse I'd like to trade in on a later model, uh, something that moves. (laughs)
7: Well, you have something to trade
2: in? Yeah, this billy I'm riding. And kind of sway back, ain't she? No, that's the latest thing in a horse. You have to step down to get on.
4: <laughs> what do you think of
7: her? Look, Cactus Head, you better ride on. I ain't interested. Oh, look, look
2: Yeah. I don't mean to cause no trouble, but I'm a warning you. You're chatting with Deadeye, the roughest, toughest hombre this side of the YWCA, YMCA. <laughs>
4: Oh, you're tough, eh? Yeah, and to prove it, I'll
2: just empty my six-shooter and eat the bullets. Now what? Yeah, and I swallowed them, too.
4: That
7: was a silly
2: thing to do. Yeah, I think it was. I feel like I got a little indigestion now. (laughs) I hope I don't get the hiccups with them uh, bullets inside of me. Why, what would happen if you had hiccups? I don't know, but stand back. I think we're going to find out. (laughs) Tell me, how do I look with only one head now? Well, indeed, how about the horse
7: deal? I think you better get that nag out of here. She's turning to glue right in front of our eyes.
2: Oh, what are you talking about? Well, look at her stance.
7: Look how steady she stands there.
2: I've got news for you, Packrat.
7: Rat. She ain't standing. Well, she's leaning against that fence. Well, that's
2: because she's tired for <laughs> waiting for us to come to turns here. Look, I'll walk her away from the fence. Come on now, now look up a little. Move your legs, will you, girl? Come on. There. You see, she can't even stand up. Oh, sure she can. She's just a victim of regulated training. Comes five o'clock, she lays down and takes a nap no matter where she is. (laughs) Now, come on, girl. Get up. Get up. Here, better stand back. I never know what she does. Gonna do when she rears up on her knees like... (laughs) Look at that. Ain't that a sight, brother? Now, you put a tired end in on her back, and you've got the most perfect picture of the end of the trailer you ever wanted. to (laughs) see. Sorry, but I'm afraid that I can't do business with you, yeah, oh mm. uh, you got to my life depends on it. I mean, uh, she's not that bad why she's one of the best quarter horses around,
7: yeah, we'll bring around the other three quarters and if it's breathing we'll make a deal, <laughs>
4: yeah,
7: look, did I
2: truthfully, how old is this Hayberner Well, between you and me, I should bring a nice price as an antique. I think she was with Teddy Roosevelt's rough rider cause whenever ever I comb her tail. Get ready for it, folks. Here it comes. I think she was with Teddy Roosevelt's Rough Riders, because every time I comb her tail, she gets mad if I don't remember the main.
8: So, oh, he was with
2: old Teddy, eh? Yeah, first lieutenant.
7: Well, I'll tell you. I'll give you a dollar for her and that horse over there. Okay, it's a deal. Well, goodbye, old pal. <laughs> now, stop
2: crying. Like right What's wrong with her? Well, all horses buck around like that. Look, 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 look at her turn. Look at that. Well, I've never seen her act like that before. And you won't
7: again, either. She's Dead?
2: Dead? <laughs> Not my old pal Kim home. <laughs> Going to greener pastures, huh? Must have a strong union, boys.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how much I needed it.
2: Why, I won't be able to go
7: on without her now. Buck up, did I? Gee, I've never seen such loyalty toward a friend. Here, let me give you a horse to fill the empty spot in your heart. Well, that's mighty neighborly of you.
2: Hey. Why, look, she's moving. Here, here, lay down, gal. Play dead, will you? Say, she ain't dead after all. No, but she's going to be. She pulls a new trick every time I try to get rid of her. Well, I'll fix her this time. Did I? No. 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 Put that gun back in your holster. No, I'm tired of her being a boss. I am getting her own way all the time. Come on, behind the barn, you four-legged, ornery critter, you. Did I? What happened? Hide, man, hide. That crazy horse took the gun away from the horse. Tell what she'll do. <laughs> Uh, next Monday night, September the 20th, uh, Dave Rose will produce a benefit ball at the Hollywood uh, Palladium Ballroom for the disabled American veterans. And now Dave and his Parker and Gamble Orchestra will play one of the numbers from his show, It's Magic. <laughs>
3: Rose.
7: Now for a page from the Mean Little Kid's Diary. You
2: remember how when you were a little kid, how fond you were of candy and sometimes the trouble it got us into? Well, especially if you had a sweet tooth like Junior, the Mean Little Candy.
5: Mommy, is that you? Yes. Then this is not me, then. (gasps) Junior. Oh, darling, what happened? Where did you get that black eye? I ran into a doorknob. Now, Junior, don't fib. I'm not fibbing. I ran into a doorknob. Widow Dickie Orland was holding it in his fist. (laughs) Have you been fighting? Yes, I have. That Widow Dickie Orland says that Grandpa was a big drunk.
8: And you said he wasn't a drunk.
5: I said he wasn't big. (laughs) A
8: young man, that black eye is going to cost you a spanking. Now, hold on,
5: kiddo. Why don't you wait until you find out about me bloody nose and the tooth I lost in the front before you start paying off? I don't like this installment plan stuff. <laughs>
8: oh, I give up. Yeah. Do you realize that I get gray-haired every day, and it's all your fault?
5: Well, it wouldn't be if I wouldn't hide your hindrance. rinse.
4: <laughs> 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 sure.
5: Can I go out, and period? Yes, but don't go too far away, because I have to clean you up before the company arrives. Okay, well, I don't like that. She cleans up on me before company comes in, and she cleans up on me after they leave <laughs> Ah, we're going to have company We're going to have company I wonder if it's somebody I've met before Nah, they wouldn't risk a second <laughs> company, co- company, that means rice, peanuts and candy and all the dishes Well, I'd better go back and take a peek in the living room again boy. I gotta be quiet as a little mouse <laughs> Oh, that's silly A rat like me disguising himself as a mouse. (laughs) I I was right. Look at the dishes all filled with candy. Oh, look at that big dish of candy there. Now, let's see. Mmm, that's good, boy. That's good. Are you having fun, Candy Thief? Yeah, come on in, but be quiet because uh, (laughs) mummy or grandpa Ah! (laughs) might. You tricked me. Well, what have you to say, Junior? What? And I... get those dirty little lunch hooks out of that candy dish. Well, I'll just take this a piece of candy that I suppose. yeah I said no. Oh, oh, you have me. You have me. Now I'm going to tell on you. I'll wait till the company gets you and tell on you. I have nothing to hide. My life is an open book. Yeah, but I got a footnote that everybody will get a kick out of <laughs> Very well. What
4: are
5: you going to tell? I'll tell everybody that you was who was uh, handling one of the oars when when Washington crossed the Delaware. Oh, now that's ridiculous. Oh, it is, huh? Hey, Bernard, look, the general standing up in the bow. Hey, sit down, George. You're rocking the boat. <laughs> <laughs> now, sit <laughs> with later. Outside with you. Okay, I'll just take along something to nibble <laughs> oh, on. No, you don't. <coughs> Not so hard. How many times do I have to tell you to stay out of that candy dish? Well, I don't know how many pieces of candy are left in there. <laughs> can I have some? Why can I have some? Because you'll spoil your dinner. Well, why can't I just have candy for my dinner? Because it'll spoil your supper. Look, kiddo, by the time supper comes, I will be in so much hot water, I will be sent to bed without my supper anyhow, so what do I got to lose? <laughs> I said keep out. Oh, now, now, look, you give me some candy, I'm going to bang my head on the piano. <laughs> you! you just stop banging your head on the piano. We just had it tuned. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, she loves me like Wallace loves omelettes what's going on in here oh sweet tooth Charlie is acting up because oh. I won't give him some candy <laughs> why can't I have some I need need sugar Me, what your body needs sugar sugar builds energy and I need energy to stand here and, and argue with you <laughs> now listen I
4: just got
5: myself in boy I got My (laughs) mouth wiped out with pie, Junior. Junior, there was enough sugar in that piece of cake I gave you ten minutes ago. Mother! You mean to say that you gave him a piece of
8: cake? Yeah. You admit you've been spoiling him with sweets?
5: Well, don't just give up easy-like. Tell her I made you do it at the point of a gun. You don't have to answer I'll get Jerry Getzler. He'll get you out of (laughs) there.
8: Father, I want to know why you insist on spoiling him.
5: Spoiling? Oh? I smell this way,
4: all <laughs> That is the most ridiculous statement
5: I ever heard. <laughs> now, you give him more sweets than I do. Well, I should. After all, I'm his mother. Well, we thought you wanted to keep that a secret.
8: Then his affection in any manner I see fit.
5: Yes, he should. Now, top that one, fat girl.
4: <laughs>
5: well, I... I gave him that cake because he was hungry. Yes. And I do it again. Yeah, too. do it now. Do it now. We'll show her. <laughs> hey, look, can keep peace in the family. I'll just help myself to a widow candy and you get, get it. out of there. Yeah. Oh. What's the matter with you? A minute ago, you was on my side. You get upstairs and go to your room. Ain't you gonna let me meet the company? No. These people we like.
4: Yeah. <laughs> now go
8: upstairs.
5: Okay, double-crossed, that's what I was. By my own grandma, too. Well, from now on, I'm a lone wolf. Goodbye, <laughs> copy <coffee net>. Oh, Child. <laughs> oh, don't let him upset
8: you. I'm sorry I lost my temper, Mother. Oh, well, it's all right, dear. I... Oh... It's gone. What's gone? The candy dish. That little rascal. He took it upstairs with him. Now, Lorraine, it's up to you to take that boy in hand. Well, I intend to, Mother, but let's not frighten him. We know that he took the dish of candy, but let's be diplomatic and pretend that we don't.
5: All right, Junior. Where is it? Where's what? Now, look, little poker face. <laughs>
8: You <laughs> want to know about that candy dish?
5: What candy dish? Now, look, young man. <laughs> there were only three of us in the living room where the candy dish was. Yeah. But now the candy dish is gone. Do tell. And I think I know who took it. And I think I know who took it. And I think I know who took it. <laughs> but I hope none of us is stool pigeons. <laughs> Oh, no, no. Well, what do you know? How did that get there, I wonder? I'll have to punish you, young man. Oh,
8: oh, oh, you,
5: you whip me, you whip me.
8: You beat
5: me all the time. But it didn't hurt. <laughs> oh, it didn't? No, it didn't.
8: Well, this is going to hurt you. What? Your grandmother and I are going to eat all the candy and
4: oh. not
5: give you any. Well, go ahead and eat it. I don't care. I just close my eyes and not watch you. How do you like that? All right. Here, Mother, a piece of candy for you. Oh, okay. Thank you, Lorene. Not even good looking. Are his eyes still shut? Still shut. Mm? Eat your candy, Mother. It looks delicious. Oh, my. I, I can hardly wait to bite into it. Ooh, good heavens. It's just like biting into a rock. Oh, the lower plate's ruined.
8: <laughs> oh, there went my inline. Let me see that dish of candy. Look. He filled the candy dish with rocks. That's insane. I'm going to give him the whipping of his life.
4: Oh,
2: now get no, no, right no, back no, in no, that no, bed. No, no. Well, I just goes to show you, if you don't keep your eyes open, you're liable to feel the consequence in the end. <laughs>
3: Thanks for being with us tonight, and we hope you liked our program well enough to be with us next week. So, until next Friday...
2: This is Red Skelton saying goodbye now, and thanks for listening, and thanks for buying more and more of that Wash Day Miracle Tide.
5: Tide's in... Dirt! Yeah. Our Tide gets cool cleaner than any soap. Tide! Tide! Yeah.
3: And Gamble I invite you to join us again with the Red Skelton next Friday. Now stay tuned to the life of Riley which follows immediately. Red Skelton is heard in this program through the courtesy of Metro Golden Mayor. See
2: you in Washington, D.C.
1: Stay tuned for Nick Carter, Master Detective. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zuma Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. And now, Nick Carter, Master Detective.
9: What is
10: it? Another case for Nick Carter, Master Detective.
7: Yes, it's another case for that most famous of all manhunters, the detective whose ability at solving crime is unequaled in the history of detective fiction, Nick Carter, Master Detective. Tonight's curious adventure The Drug Ring Murder or Nick Carter and the Mystery of the
9: Left-Handed Killer. Well, Mr. Nicholas Carter, are you going to answer your telephone or are you going to take me out to lunch as you promised?
11: There's no reason why I can't do both, Fancy. Nick Carter speaking. Nick, this is Riley at headquarters. Oh, hi, Lieutenant? There goes my it's on your mind. mind Murder.
10: And you're right in the middle of it, Nick. Meet me at the city morgue as quick as you can. I'm waiting here.
11: What's the matter, Riley? Can't headquarters solve this case without me?
10: Who said anything about yourself in the case? You get yourself down to the morgue right away, and that's an order.
11: An order, Riley? What are you talking about?
10: The body of a man was washed up on the beach this morning, only he didn't die from drowning. It was murder. Yes? There was no identification on the body.
4: None at all. Except one of your business cards. Nick Carter, private detective. What? He hid the
10: card in my pocket as soon as I laid eyes on it. But there's a chance one of the reporters saw it before I did. Now, do I have to draw your diagram?
11: You've already done it. I'll be there in the double rally. Bye. What's up, Nick? Plenty. Look, Patsy, hold on the office until you hear from me. I'll call you within an hour.
9: I knew you shouldn't have answered that phone.
11: Business before pleasure, Patsy, and right now I've got business at the city morgue. Where have you got him, Riley? On the slab out here? Uh, He's
10: on ice, in the box at the end of the room there. And I'm telling you one thing, Nick Carter. It's lucky for you that I was here when he was brought in.
11: Now, look, Riley, surely you are not trying to pull me into this thing just because the fellow was carrying one of my Uh, cards. Probably hundreds of people I never heard of were carrying my name in their vest pockets.
10: Well, if you'd rather be explaining to the captain how your card got on a corpse...
11: Oh, now, take it easy, Riley. You
10: know what it means for an officer of the law to conceal evidence, Nick. How do I know one of those reporters or photographers isn't telling the captain right now that... Now let's the... worry
11: about one thing at a time. He said the body was washed up on the beach on the north shore of Long Island? Yes, it was. Stuffed in a gunny sack with every bit of identification removed. Hmm.
10: Everything was ripped out except a concealed pocket.
11: Yes, with... I know. With my card in it. Yes. Uh, here we are.
10: Last box here. Uh,
11: take a good look, Nick. Yeah, did you ever see him before? Oh, Yes. Stanley Phillips, huh? Doctor Stanley Phillips. He's a research chemist, sort of an eccentric. Oh, oh, balmy, huh? No, no, that's strange. He's assisted me in a few investigations, but for the most part, he was pretty much of a hermit. Didn't like to mix with people. Yeah,
10: that don't make sense. People who mind their own business don't get and go around getting themselves murdered.
11: Where did he live? He has a big house on a Long Island Sound, but his laboratory was in his yacht. It was anchored about half a mile or so up in the house, if I remember correctly. Laboratory on a yacht? Mm-hmm.
10: Oh, he was balmy. Hey, Riley.
11: Look. Here in his neck.
10: What did you expect? I told you he was strangled. The autopsy showed he was dead before he was put into the gunny sack and thrown into the water. I know, but that isn't what I mean.
11: Here. Look at the prints in his neck. Closely, look at him. Yeah, yeah, well. Unless I miss my guess, Riley, he was murdered by a left handed killer. Say, maybe you've got something
10: there, Nick. I'll phone the fingerprint expert. Now, wait we'll... a minute,
11: Riley. Let me hit the phone first. I gotta be in my way.
10: Hey, now now don't be forgetting you can't take long on this, Nick. The captain will be wanting to question you about your card being found on the body. I can't hold
11: off more than a few hours. Give me those few hours, Riley, and I'll wrap the murderer up in wax paper.
4: Nicholas Carter's office. Oh, hello,
11: Patsy. we I... we got work to do. Yes, Nick? I want you to go through the files right. and dig out all the stuff we have on Dr. Stanley Phillips.
4: That queer duck who did some work for you once?
11: Yeah, that's the one. Research chemist. Uh-huh. Get all the dope on. I'm gonna meet you down in front of the office in ten minutes. I'll pick you up. All right, Nick. That's all. Yeah, where are you headed for, Nick? The Phillips estate on Long Island Sound. Meet me there as soon as you get the report on the fingerprints and Stella Phillips' neck.
9: And apparently neither he nor his sister ever married. After the parents died, they continued to live in the big manor house.
11: What did you say the sister's name was? Rose Phillips. Rose. Go on.
9: Mm-hmm. You know all about his laboratory being on his yacht. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be one of the best private laboratories in the country. Used to do a lot of research work for big companies. As a laboratory assistant, Tom Marks, young man. And let's see what else... um... Oh, his hobby was writing. Scientific articles they were. Usually about the effects of habit-forming drugs. He had an article in Popular Research last month entitled Morphine Exposed.
11: So he wrote about habit-forming drugs, huh? Hmm. You know, Patsy... This case might turn out to be more than just an ordinary murder.
9: Well, I guess nobody's home, Nick.
11: You're wrong about that, Betsy. So the curtains at the window moved. founding hmm. in the door isn't going to do any good either. Whoever's in there, evidently doesn't want callers today. However... What are you going to do? Open the door. This little lock picker of mine. There it is. All right, come on, Patsy. We're going in. I don't see anybody. Stay behind me.
9: Put your hands up. Over your head. She's got a gun, Nick.
11: You're Rose Phillips, I take it, miss?
9: Keep your hands up. I'm asking the questions. Who are you?
11: I'm Nick Carter, and this is... Nick Carter? Yes, and this is my assistant, Patsy Boone.
9: Nick Carter, the great detective. Well, my brother often speaks of you. He thinks you're wonderful. Nick, she doesn't know yet.
11: Miss Phillips, I'm sorry to have to tell you like this, but your brother is dead.
4: He's... He's dead?
11: Yes. (laughs) I'm afraid he was murdered.
4: (laughs) Murdered. Deadly murdered
11: Now, if you'll just put that gun away, Miss Phillips, we'll talk things over.
4: Good, Mr. Conrad. I'm sorry. This is all such
11: a shock. It was a fiendish killing. And I'm going to do all I can to bring the criminal to justice. You may be sure of that. Rose. Rose.
9: I'm in here, Richard.
11: Oh. Well, uh, who are these people? I thought Stanley told you never to let strangers in the house.
9: It's all right, Richard. This is Nick Carter, the detective, and his assistant.
11: Oh, well, that's different. How do you do, Mr. Carter? I'm Richard Coles. I take it you've already heard about Dr. Phillips. Yes. Ghastly, isn't it? I can hardly believe it. The police say it was murder. For the life of me, I can't imagine who would want to murder Stanley. He was a strange man, Mr. Carter, very strange. He had a phobia about not letting anyone in the house when he was away. You seem to manage an entrance all right, Mr. Coles. Well, I... Mr. Coles is a
9: very old friend of the family and has always had a key to the house. He's our lawyer. Look out, Nick. There's someone at the
4: window. He's got a gun.
9: I can't get over it, Nick. You don't seem to be surprised that you were shot at back there in the house.
11: I'm not, Patsy. That's why I was standing beside that suit of armor. That protected me by deflecting the bullets.
9: Nick, your presence on the Phillips case is most annoying to someone.
11: Too bad that window was frosted glass. Mm. Couldn't get a look at the gunman. That tiny crack the window was open. Well, now, did you find what I told you to look for in the cottage occupied by Tom Marks, the lab assistant? Yes, I found a pair of his gloves. Good.
9: Had to go through all his desk drawers to find them, too.
11: Let me see them. Mm Mm-hmm. All seems to be adding up. Almost too neatly.
9: Adds up to a pair of gloves, that's all.
11: Look, Patsy. Coles told me back. There's something about the terms of Philip's will. If he lived to be 50, his estate was to go to a foundation. If he died before that, Rose was to inherit all the estate.
9: But that makes Rose. No, oh, no, 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 no.
11: I don't suspect Rose. Her grief seemed genuine. But there's something else I learned. Tom Marks, Philip's lab assistant, in love with Rose. They've been wanting to get married, but Phillips opposed the marriage.
9: Now the field is clear. We'll lose the money to boot. With. But that still doesn't make Tom Marks. Betsy,
11: you- I'm almost certain Philip was strangled by a left-handed killer. These gloves of Marks you brought me show that he's left-handed.
9: Oh. And that leads us where?
11: Right out to the laboratory in the yacht. I've got to find Tom Marks.
9: Nick, why in the world do you suppose Dr. Phillips had his laboratory way out here in the middle of the Sound?
11: There's no mystery to that one, Patsy. Tell told me why once.
9: Well, why? So
11: people couldn't bother him. I'd have used this technical knowledge a lot more often on cases myself if been more accessible. Well, here we are. This is the Phillips yacht. I'll tie up here.
9: I've never climbed up a rope ladder before.
11: And you're not going up now either. Not until I look around the boat myself. Oh, Nick,
9: am I helping you on this case or not?
11: You are, but I don't want you taking unnecessary chances. Nick, please. Now, quiet a minute, Betsy. Let's see if we can raise somebody from here.
9: Hello
10: up there! Hello aboard the Phillips yacht.
9: It's funny. Tom Marks is aboard. He's keeping quiet about it.
11: Well, we'll find out right now. You better stay here in the motorboat.
9: And let you solve this case alone? Not a chance.
11: Okay, okay. But stay directly behind me, remember. (sighs)
9: Phew. Climbing this rope ladder is no cinch. I'm glad I'm not a sailor.
11: Can you make it?
9: Uh Uh-huh. I'm coming. What do you think you'll find, Nick?
11: Tom Marks, I hope. Here, let me give you a hand over the rail. All right. Sit daisy
9: Oh, Hank. Well, there's nobody to lay out the welcome rug on the deck of this floating laboratory.
11: Well, that doesn't mean we're alone, Bessie. Come on. We're going down this companionway. Okay. I'm not mistaken. It leads to Mm -hmm. Phillips' laboratory. is the laboratory. All right, Patsy, stay behind me. I'm going to open the door. Hey, Marks. Tom Marks, you in there? All right, Patsy. We can go in.
9: Mm-hmm. Tom Marks seems to have vanished. But he certainly left a mess behind him.
11: Yes. Overturned retorts. Bunsen burner knocked over. Hmm, look here on the floor.
9: Broken bottle.
11: Sulfuric acid spilled and eating into the floor. Yes, this is where Dr. Stanley Phillips met his death all right. And when the killer came at him, he was sitting at this desk writing.
9: Well, how do you figure that?
11: That bottle of ink tipped over. Wonder if he has any papers here that'll tell us what we want to know. No. desk been rifled. Everything of any value has already been taken.
9: Still all adds up to Tom Marks, doesn't
11: it? Yep, seems to. We'll know for sure as soon as Raleigh gets the report from the fingerprint expert.
9: Nick! Hmm? Nick, come here. Look what I found in the sink. What? This piece of paper.
11: I see. Now, that's in Dr. Phillips' handwriting.
9: Well, somebody tried to burn it out. and they threw it on the drainboard of the sink here. Part of it didn't burn.
11: Let's see if I can figure it out. Like you to know, the man whom I have trusted and worked with these many years is, I have discovered the head of a giant dope-peddling ring, and using my premises to carry on his business. This man is... Liz,
4: the lights have gone <gasps> off! Oh.
11: Patsy. Patsy, where are you?
4: Patsy. Uh, Nick.
11: You all right, Patsy? Uh,
9: my head. Somebody hit
11: me. Stay where you are I find the switch.
9: Do you have your flashlight?
11: Yeah, I'll find the switch in just a second. Oh, the lights won't
9: work.
11: It must have been turned off at the master switch in the engine room. That means there's more than one person on this boat besides us. One of them turned off the lights and the other one shouted us in here.
9: You were right when you said you felt everything wasn't okay on this yacht.
11: You able to get up, Patsy?
9: Oh, sure. I'm all right now. Just a big hen's egg on my head, that's all.
11: Okay. Come on.
9: Nick, did they take the note?
11: That's what I want to find out. Let's see.
9: Flash a light down in the sink.
11: Yeah, it's gone. But wait. What are you going to do? Clean up the sink a little. Ashes don't look well scattered around on a white sink. Carefully now. There. There we are. Now we're ready. Ready for what? To search this yacht from stem to stern. (laughs)
10: Uh, what in blazes has been keeping you, Nick? I've been cooling my heels on this dock for the past half hour here. I hope you'd be here, Raleigh. Hello, Lieutenant. Hello, oh, Patsy. Say, you look as if you'd seen a ghost on that
11: yacht. I did. Somebody took a shot at us in the dock. What? Patsy got knocked down the freighters and got a nasty bump in her head. Well, say, who did it, Nick? Whoever it was made a neat getaway. Patsy and I searched the ship afterwards from end to end, but didn't find a soul.
9: Did you see anybody coming in from the yacht, Lieutenant?
11: Oh, Nary a
10: soul's come in off that board since I've been here. In fact, the only two people who've been near here was two fishermen. Are
11: you sure they
10: were fishermen? Am I sure <laughs> now, now look, Nick, don't be giving me that. It was bona fide fishermen, all right. They pulled their little rowboat ashore a ways down the beach, and I saw them bring in their catch. And a nice string of fish it was.
11: Okay, okay, Riley. So they were really
10: fishermen.
9: Well, what about your report, Lieutenant?
10: Oh, oh, that well, Nick was right. Our fingerprint expert examined the marks on Dr. Phillips' neck and said he was undoubtedly strangled by a left handed killer now all we've got to do is find a left-handed man who had a reason to murder the doctor.
11: We found him. What's that? Dr. Phillips' laboratory assistant, Tom March, is left-handed.
10: Gee, you sure worked fast, Nick. And it's a good thing, too. The captain found out about your card being found on the body. Hey, what kind of a scoundrel is this, Tom March? I don't
11: know. Haven't seen him yet. Wasn't at his cottage, and he wasn't in the lab in the yacht. Let's make tracks, Mr. Private Detective, and search the grounds here. Wait a minute, Riley, re- wait a minute. And one thing more you ought to know. Huh? Whoever killed Dr. Stanley Phillips is the head of a giant dope ring. Phillips was killed because he was about to expose the man.
10: Hey, that would be the laboratory assistant. He'd have access to drugs. Mr. Carter, Mr. Carter, well, Who in tarnation is that?
11: Richard Coles, close friend of the Phillips and also the lawyer. O'Reilly, yeah. put this handle in your pocket. Careful of it. It's a piece of evidence I picked up in the boat.
10: Okay, Nick. Mr. Carter. Mr. Carter, I've been hunting everywhere for you.
11: I'm Mr. Coles, this is Lieutenant Riley from headquarters. Oh, I'm yes. glad you're here, Lieutenant. We're up against a dangerous criminal.
10: Now, don't worry, Mr. Coles. The law always gets its man. What do you want to see me
11: about, Mr. Coles? Rose Phillips. She's gone. Gone? How do you know? Come up to the house with me. I'll show you. Something has happened to her, I'm sure. Hurry! <laughs> This is Rose's bedroom, Lieutenant.
10: Well, somebody was making a fast getaway, all right. Yes. Just look at the room. Clothes strewn all over. One of her suitcases is gone, and this suitcase, half-packed, was left behind. She and the laboratory assistant must have been in on this together. If she wasn't guilty, she wouldn't have run away. Oh, she
11: must have been out of her mind. Of course, Rose was in love with Tom, and...
9: Nick. What's
11: the matter, Patsy? What are you frowning at?
9: Rose Phillips didn't run away. Well, what,
11: what, what, didn't run away? What are you saying, Patsy?
9: No girl would run away voluntarily and leave all her makeup behind. Well, look at that dressing table. Nothing's been touched.
11: You're right, Patsy. Say, do you suppose... Oh, no, no. What is it, Mr.
10: Coles? Do you suppose that Tom could have forced her to leave? You mean, you mean kidnapping? Yes. Well, he won't get away with it. I'll call headquarters and have a cordon thrown around this entire district. We'll catch Tom Marks before he gets to the next town. Good idea, Riley.
11: Do that. Well, Mr. Cole? Yes, Miss Carter? I guess Lieutenant Riley has his case all sewed up. His men will have Tom Marks and Rose Phillips within the hour. Well, Mr. Carter, it was nice of you to take such an interest in my friend's death. Um, would you care for a cigarette? Oh, no, thanks. Uh, you, Lieutenant? Why, why, sure, sure. I
10: don't mind if I do. Of course. Uh, light? Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Well, goodbye, Mr. Coles. Goodbye. Come along, Patsy. uh, Where's the telephone, Mr. Coles? There's uh, one right over here on the table.
11: Hurry up, Patsy. We've got work to do.
10: I thought you said
9: the case was finished.
11: Not by a long shot. I said that for their benefit. You and I are going over this estate with a fine-tooth comb. I'm not satisfied yet.
9: You see anything, Nick?
11: Come on in. Shut the door. Do
9: you think anyone saw us headed for this boathouse?
11: I hope not. Oh, well, be careful of you. Don't step off in the water.
9: Nick? There's a small speedboat in the water. Wouldn't you think they'd put it in dry dock so late in the season?
11: Depends, Patsy. Look up there, mounted in the bow.
9: A machine gun.
11: Mm hmm. This boat was used for business.
9: Gee. Who'd ever think a quiet little chemist like Dr. Phillips kept a mounted machine gun on a speedboat?
11: I believe this setup down here was news to Dr. Phillips, too. Hold on to my arm. We'll look around.
9: Oh, Nick, don't step on the fish.
11: String of fish? No, dear.
9: Nick! Those fishermen, Riley, saw must have come in here.
11: Patsy, this catch isn't fresh. What? Those men used the string of dead fish just to fool Riley. And those were the men who made trouble for us on the yacht.
9: Yeah, they must have been. Plenty of life preservers stacked up in here.
11: Yeah, that's strange. Here, Betsy. Hmm? Take the flashlight and play it on this one.
9: Okay. What are you doing, taking it to pieces?
11: No, just examining it. Aha! There we have it. What? A small waterproof pocket's been sewn in here. Yes, and it extends all the way around inside this life preserver. Pretty clever. Look, Betsy. What is it? These secret compartments are filled with dope. But every one of these life preservers is filled with drugs.
9: Nobody would ever think of looking in a life preserver for evidence.
11: I think Dr. Phillips did. And that's why he was murdered. Ah!
9: Nick. Nick. Are
11: you okay, Betsy?
9: Yes, but I can't stop crying.
11: Well, that's not surprising. Somebody threw a tear gas bomb through the window. Oh? That's right, friends.
1: It was tear
7: gas. (laughs) Jose. Pretty clever of me using the tools of my trade that way, isn't it, Mr.
11: Carter? But
7: Tom Marks is always clever.
11: So you're Tom Marks, huh? I've been waiting to set my eyes on you. It's too bad your eyes are filled with tear gas. Because now you'll never have that pleasure. Okay, Pete. Come in and get the lady.
4: Right.
7: I'll take care of Mr. Carter myself. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Let
4: her go along. let her go along. <laughs> <laughs>
7: You got those iron weights in the bag, Pete?
10: Sure, both of them. This guy will never be washed up on a beach like the duck was.
7: <laughs> good. See, you tied a bag good and tight.
10: You know, I think he's passed out. He ain't moving none.
7: I did a job on him before we put him in the bag. <laughs> <laughs>
10: well, listen to that dime, will you? <laughs> Sounds like a hoot owl with a cold in the head. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, no.
7: oh, tighten the gag,
10: Pete. Okay. <laughs>
7: hey,
5: okay.
7: That'll do it hey.
5: Say, Carter ain't dead
7: What does it take to kill that guy? I choked him like a rat and he's still talking All right, all right, speak your piece, Mr. Carter Because you don't have much longer
11: You're not going to get away with this
10: uh, <laughs> you uh, said? Uh, I'm Mr. telling
7: you <laughs> I doubt it, Mr. Carter
10: You're going straight down to Davy Jones' lock. You'll pay for this I'll have you behind bars within 24 hours well, Listen to him what do you fellas think you're going to do with Patsy Bone? He's worrying about a day when he's going <laughs> to lose his own neck. Go easy with her. I'm warning you. Come on.
7: Let's get rid of him. Okay. It's dark enough now.
10: All
4: right. You got him? All right. Lift him up. That's it. I'll Not get you one, fellas for this. you uh, Let another go. go.
10: I came as soon as I got your flashlight signal from the shore, Nick. You think the criminals are aboard the yacht
11: here now? You'll see in a minute. The laboratory's right down this companionway.
10: Hey, you're dripping wet from
11: head to foot, Nick. What happened?
9: They tried to pull the same trick on Nick that they pulled on Dr. Phillips. Ah. Only it didn't work, because Nick can expand his neck and wrist muscles.
11: Yes, I had my hands free before I hit the water. There was no trick at all to cut my way out of the sack. And then I clung to the back of their motorboat until it reached the yacht here. I waited for the would-be killers to get aboard... Untied, Patsy, and here we
10: are. Ah, you're lucky, Nick. He's smart, that's all.
11: Quiet. This is the door. Keep your gun ready. All right. Good evening, Mr. Coles. What? Oh, Nick Carter. Well, come in, Mr. Carter. These two friends of mine and myself were just discussing whether you had found the criminals. I think we have, Mr. Coles. Good, good. There's just one thing more I need to make sure I have the criminals. Riley. Yeah. Give me that envelope I asked you to keep for me.
10: Oh, sure, sure,
11: Nick. Uh, Here you are. Thanks. Now, I'll just take the piece of burned paper out of this envelope.
9: Are those the pieces you gathered from the drain board?
11: Yes, Betsy. They were from the note Stanley Phillips wrote just before he was murdered. Now, I'll just use some of these chemicals in the burned paper. You see, gentlemen, even though this piece of paper's been burned, it is possible by using the correct chemical solution to bring out the writing that was on the paper before it was burned. In this case, I expect the writing will give the name of the man Phillips designated as head of the giant drug ring and his killer. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Yes, here it comes. The chemicals are beginning to act. The writing is beginning to show up. Good. The name is...
4: Nick, look out! Get out of there!
11: (laughs) And I got
10: these two thugs, Nick. Knocked them out, cold. Sorry, I had to plug in the shoulder, Coles. But I had to put you out of action. Now, Riley, there's your murderer. Uh, So it was Coles who did it. You're right, Connor. I killed him. Uh, The powers be praised, Nick. I thought Tom
11: Marks was the killer. Coles had me fooled, too, Riley. Until this afternoon when he came running down from the house. And then I noticed his feet were wet. As if he'd been in waiting.
9: Then he was one of the men on the yacht. One of the fishermen Riley saw.
11: Right, Patsy. And another thing... The man who strangled me in the boathouse claimed to be Tom Marks. But Tom Marks is left-handed. The man who tried to strangle me used his right hand.
9: And you know Phillips was murdered by a left-handed man.
11: <sighs> That's right. I knew I was after a left-handed murderer. O'Reilly. Huh? You did you notice that when Coles lighted your cigarette for you this afternoon in Rose's room, he used his left hand? Gee, by golly, he
10: did. Then, then he's left-handed, too.
11: Right. When I saw him do that, I knew he was the killer.
10: But I had to make him prove it. Oh, you did that all right. That business about making the writing stand out
11: on a piece of paper after it's burned is a new one to me, Nick.
9: Nick, can you actually do that?
11: Well, it can be done under ideal conditions, but this time I was just putting on an act for Mr. Coles' benefit. You mean you didn't actually make any writing appear on the burned paper? Not a word, Mr. Coles. And I fell for it like a sap.
4: Nick, hmm?
9: what's
10: that? Well,
11: I'm not sure, Patsy, but I have a hunch.
10: It's locked, Nick. Oh, Patsy, since when did a locked door ever stop Nick Carter?
11: Quite right, Riley. When did it? This is no time for it to start. So? This one ought to do the trick. There we are.
9: Nick Carter. Oh, thank heaven! Rose.
11: This man with you is Tom Marks, Miss Phillips? Yes, I am.
9: They were going to kill us, Mr. Carter. They tied us up and threw us in here. We heard them planning to throw us overboard.
10: Have you been imprisoned in here all this time, Mr. Marks? Uh, No, not quite. I got a telephone call last night summoning me into the city to pick up some chemicals Dr. Phillips and I needed in an experiment. I was slugged as I stepped out of the car. And when I came
11: too late this afternoon, I I was in here, and so was Rose.
10: That cause was a smart one, throwing suspicion on you and then trying to get rid of you in order to make it look
11: as if you'd run away.
9: Smart, but not smart enough for Nick.
11: Well, Riley, you've got your murderer. I have that. And Rose, you and Tom are safe. Yes, thanks to you. And I guess that's that.
9: Oh, no, Nick. You still have to solve my case.
11: Oh, well, what's that, Patsy?
9: That luncheon date you promised me. Oh, where are you and I going to have lunch at this hour?
11: Why, oh, uh, well, say, that's easy, Patsy. I know a swell place in town, right across from the morgue. Come on. <laughs>
7: This was another strange experience of Nick Carter, master detective, called the Drug Ring Murder, or Nick Carter and the Mystery of the Left Handed Killer. Another of the curious adventures of Nick Carter, which are brought to you regularly at this same time by WOR Mutual.
11: And now, Nick. What can you tell us about next week's story? When a young man who was a very good friend of mine arrived in town to claim his bride, he suddenly became aware that she was not the girl to whom he'd become engaged. You mean she wasn't his fiancée?
9: That was the question that started off the whole case.
11: Yes, indeed, because we couldn't be sure whether the girl he loved was really the girl he loved. We prevented two murders and saved a gigantic fortune from disappearing.
9: But you didn't save me from disappearing, Nick.
11: Oh, quite true, Patsy, but after all, you weren't gone very long before we found you.
9: But I'm sure glad you found me when you did, or I might not be here now. So long, folks. Get the rest of the story next week.
11: Right. So long. And
7: so long to you, Nick and Patsy. In The Strange Adventure, you have just heard Nick Carter was impersonated by Lon Clark, Patsy by Helen Choate. The story was written for Nick Carter by Barth Connery. Original music was played by Lou White. The entire production was under the direction of Jock McGregor.
1: Thank you for listening. I hope you'll join me next week when I'll unveil more gems from the golden age of radio. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer of Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a wonderful weekend.
0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.